Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2023, and we are in the midst of Advent 2024, getting ready to celebrate Christmas 2024. Remember, Advent constitutes the new year for us on that first Sunday of Advent. And so we are now in the third week of Advent, and it was on this day in 1755 that the British Parliament passed an act prohibiting all manner of trade and commerce with the rebellious American colonies. It was also on this day in 1808, that Ludwig van Beethoven's symphonies, number five in C minor and number six, also known as the Pastoral, were both performed for the first time at a concert in Vienna, Austria. In 1864, on this day, having completed his march to the sea from Atlanta to the sea during the American Civil War, General Sherman sent a telegram to President Lincoln saying, I beg to present to you as a Christmas gift the city of Savannah. This referencing Savannah, Georgia. And what a gift it was. I myself have had the pleasure of visiting uh, in one of my travels the city of Savannah. And if you get a chance, it is well worth visiting. It is a wonderful city with great history and just great sights all around. Finally, it was on this day in 1917, December 22nd, that Mother Frances Xavier Cabrini died. She would go on to be the first American citizen canonized a saint by the Catholic Church. But this week, in this Advent 2024, third week of Advent, in December 2023, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas, Everyone, it seems, on social media, at least in Catholic circles, are talking about the Vatican's statement last Monday with regard to blessings. And I am going to do something that many people on social media, on the internet, are not doing with regard to this. I am going to withhold my comments on it until next Friday for a number of reasons. Two very important ones. One, it's only been a few days, and I have already, in some ways, on my Facebook page, kind of trolled some of the people who are reacting on both sides of the extreme, the traditionalists and the progressives, basically commenting on their behavior and their comments, which I think have made matters worse. And their responses have pretty much made my point, while they have missed it completely, and I don't want to engage in that kind of activity, simply commenting on Pope Francis on the statement by the Vatican without really thoroughly looking at it. And let's face it, folks, giving it a few days to mull it over, to think about it, to sleep on it, and to do something a lot of people refuse to do. Ponder it. Reflect upon it. Don't react immediately. So, if you're interested, I will put up that commentary next Friday. And I'm thinking of it along the lines that are a little different than what other people are thinking and talking about. So if you're interested, please join me next Friday while I will share with you my thoughts on the, uh, that development in the Vatican and with Pope Francis. If you think others might be interested, please let them know, share it, 
And I will share with you my thoughts on that next week after I've had a chance to think about it, read the statement, talk it over with a few other people that I trust, whose judgment with regard to church matters I trust. And then I look forward to joining you next week and commenting on it. The second reason I'm not going to do it is, let's face it, folks, we are coming upon Christmas. And I don't want to distract any of us from the importance of this feast. We celebrate the incarnation of Jesus on Christmas Day in just a couple of days. It will be a busy few days because Christmas is on a Monday, and I know every year I have people who ask me, well, if Christmas is on a Monday, then if I go to Christmas Eve Mass on Sunday evening, will that count for Sunday and Christmas? I've even known my share of some lay people who like to authoritatively share their views on this, and more often than not, they're not correct, and they'll say, oh yeah, going to Mass Christmas Eve, that covers Sunday and Christmas Day on Monday. And I've known my share of priests who just don't want to go there because people don't seem to want to go to Mass all that often. They see Mass as a burden, and the priests don't want to address that as a burden. But Mass shouldn't be a burden, and we are called to come and worship God on the occasion of the fourth Sunday of Advent, to complete that fourth Sunday cycle, and then we are called to go to Mass again on Christmas. It's easy when Christmas is on a Sunday, like it was last year, but when it's on a Saturday or on a Monday, like it is this year, then there's a sense of people that, oh, we're getting masked out. But we only have that sense of getting masked out when we see coming to worship God in the central sacrament of our faith as a burden as an inconvenience. And many people do at Christmas see going to Mass as an inconvenience or burden because, let's face it, that's why so many people go to Mass Christmas Eve. They pack the church. They have their children's pageants. Usually children's Mass means the children run amok. I like to call it a family Mass in which the families help keep the children behaved and focused but when all is said and done, it is a vigil mass. And I hope you have a pastor or a priest in your parish who at the vigil mass do not retreat behind the midnight mass readings, the readings for the mass at night. But they do the vigil mass. I hope you are in a parish in which they celebrate all four Christmas masses, the vigil, the night mass, the mass at dawn, and the mass during the day. All of them have their own prayers. All of them have their own readings. And Christmas is such a rich celebration. We don't have to go to every single mass on Christmas. But it's good that we have the different masses according to the different times. And I always tell people, if you want the gospel reading with the angels and the shepherds, that's at the mass at night. And it's a good thing to bring your family to. A good perspective, a new approach to Christmas and celebrating. But people pack the vigil mass because they're getting it out of the way. And when we have the understanding or attitude that we're getting it out of the way, it's not because we have really a positive view of the mass. We see it as something we have to do. We see it as an obligation that needs to be fulfilled and something that needs to be gotten out of the way. And so every year I recommend to people, why don't you Consider a, a, a new perspective on Christmas and introduce a new tradition or a new habit with your family. Bring your family, your children, to the Mass at night, whether it's at midnight or whether it's at other times of the night. Some parishes have it at 10 or 11 o'clock. Bring your children and your family to the Mass at dawn. We know the kids are going to get up early on Christmas anyway. What a new perspective it would be to bring them to a understanding of Christmas that while Jesus may not be central that day, because let's face it, Christmas is a busy day for many reasons, we're at least making it first. And with the children, they would get up early, 
see the presents, then get dressed, go to Mass with the family, and open presents when you come home from Mass. Or maybe if you want to add to it, after you have breakfast as a family. Then let them sit with that excitement and that anxious feeling that they have to open presents a little longer and teach them patience. Because remember, Advent is about waiting for Christ. And we're called to have patience in waiting for Christ to return, even as now we're celebrating the first coming as we await his second. So that's something new to introduce to your children, is that, heaven forbid, we wake up on Christmas morning and we go to Mass first. I've had some families in the past who have taken me up on that challenge, and it was quite amusing as I'm greeting people before we begin the early Mass. Uh, the family said, you know, Father, don't make your homily that long. We're, we're, we're taking your advice, and the kids are real anxious to get home to open presents. And the kids are smiling as they're telling you this. And I actually gave them an anonymous shout-out saying, yeah, there are a couple families here who, whose children are anxious to get home. And the, you see the kids smiling. They know what they are doing is a good thing and a better thing than what they've, what they've done before was good, but this is a better thing. And that's another perspective you could have. Or the family wakes up, they open the presents, and then let's get dressed and pause in the excitement and go to Mass to celebrate the Mass during the day on Christmas to remind ourselves why we are celebrating this day. I'm not saying don't go to the vigil. I certainly hope I have my children's choir and my readers. We will be reading the genealogy, and I have a group of children, uh, eighth graders and one seventh grader, who will be helping me read these difficult names during the, the gospel reading for the vigil mass. And it will be a crowded mass, a large overflow group. But let's see if we can't get away from the mentality of getting mass out of the way but rather making it an important part of how we celebrate Christmas and introducing these new concepts and new approaches to Christmas with your family and with your children. As parents, you are the religious leaders of your home. Take advantage of that and introduce your children to a new approach to celebrating Christmas. We're already celebrating him when we pack the church at the vigil. Let's introduce him to other masses, and then maybe we might see not as many people getting mass out of the way, and we may see more and more people coming to the Mass at night, the Mass at dawn, and the Mass during the day. Because this is an important day that we celebrate. The incarnation of Christ, the Word made flesh, the eternal Word taking flesh in Jesus and being born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. The son of David and son of Abraham, from generations and generations, from the covenant of Abraham down through this moment in time, the history of Israel in which God formed his people to be the nation out of which would emerge the Messiah. And this is that pivotal day in which the Messiah finally did emerge to set his people free, and in freeing his people, set the world free from sin and death. It's an important day, but it's only the beginning. We will eventually be celebrating Easter this year, in which that baby grows up, is betrayed, condemned, and crucified, and rises from the dead. And we see symbols of that in the Christmas celebration. Have you ever thought why the Star of Bethlehem, in many of its artistic depictions, has that longer tail at, underneath the star? It's a regular star otherwise, but it always has that longer tail, that longer stem. Why? Well, it's because it's the shape of a cross. It's a cruciform star. And in the star, we see a reminder of where this child is heading. In the gifts of the Magi, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we see indications of who this child is and what he will grow up to be. Gold was a gift to a king and royalty. Frankincense was to be burned only to divinity, according to the book of Exodus. 
Only before God was frankincense to be burned. And now this is a gift for that child Jesus. And myrrh is an ointment to embalm a dead body, a very dark foreboding foreshadowing of where this child's life is headed. And so there's a very heavy celebration that goes beyond Santa Claus and giving gifts. Let's make that a priority on this day. And we have other things to remember as well. As many of you know, if you haven't noticed, maybe all of you know, I begin each podcast with what happened in history on that particular day. Let me project for a couple of days to also talk about important things that happened on this day, even as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Because it was on December 25th, in the year 800, that Pope St. Leo III put the crown on the head of Charlemagne, crowning him Emperor of the Romans, ushering in an era of stability after the Dark Ages following the fall of Rome. And of course, Charlemagne became that great leader in the late Middle Ages of Europe. It was on Christmas Day in 800 that he was crowned. It was on this day, that day, Christmas Day, in 1541, that the painting The Last Judgment by Michelangelo was unveiled in the Sistine Chapel. And if you have ever been to Rome, if you've ever visited the Sistine Chapel, especially now that those paintings have been restored and cleaned up, The Last Judgment is perhaps one of my favorite paintings, and to see it in person is quite phenomenal. No cartoon is as brightly colorful as that painting. And it is a tremendous, tremendous work that was unveiled on Christmas Day in 1541. It was on this day in 1821 that Clara Barton, the angel of the battlefield during the Civil War, a nurse of the Civil War and founder of the Red Cross, the American Red Cross, it was on Christmas Day in 1821 that Clara Barton was born in Oxford, Massachusetts. Many people often wonder, why don't we have a woman's face on any of the American currency? And for a time there was talk of substituting Andrew Jackson's face for, uh, replacing Andrew Jackson's face with Harriet Tubman, but my pick would be Clara Barton. I'm a Civil War buff, I enjoy studying the Civil War, and I have a, a special admiration for Clara Barton, who endured the horrors of war, was a nurse on the battlefield, and founded the American Red Cross. And it was on Christmas Day in 1821 that she was born. And finally, on Christmas Day in 1776, American patriots led by George Washington crossed the Delaware River. By 3 a.m., the troops had crossed and they attacked a Hessian regiment at Trenton, New Jersey in a victory that constitutes the turning point in the American Revolution. So that iconic moment of Washington crossing the Delaware occurred on Christmas in 1776. So even a milestone in American history is tied to this feast of Christmas. Even if it doesn't have much to do with the celebration of Christmas, it happened on Christmas. And just a few years ago, as a Christmas gift to my sister and brother-in-law, I got them a nice print of Washington crossing the Delaware because they know how much I love history and they love paintings. And so I got them the print of Washington crossing the Delaware, that classic uh, painting. So there are things to remember on this day not the least of which is, it's a day of turning points. A turning point 
in the American Revolution, a turning point in the history of Europe and the Middle Ages, medieval times, and a turning point in salvation history when the eternal word took flesh in Jesus. Let's truly celebrate that this year. Let's teach that to our children. And let's look at new perspectives that might bring us away from getting mass out of the way by packing the vigil mass to going to some of the other masses, the mass at night, the mass at dawn, the mass during the day. And I truly hope that some people, even my own parish, take me up on that offer because it does truly show as a point of example to your children that while Jesus may be the furthest thing from their minds, except when they look at the manger under their Christmas tree at home because of the excitement of opening presents and the visit by St. Nick and the family gatherings and the dinners, by going out of our way to put Christ first, even if we aren't making Christ central, it could be a real witness to your children of the importance of why we celebrate. So I wish all of you a Merry Christmas, and I will address the issue I spoke of at the beginning of this podcast next Friday. If you think you might have friends who'd be interested, let them know. I'll be dropping it on Friday after recording it. It won't be live, but I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Don't let the scuttlebutt on the internet disturb you or break your faith in the church, because ultimately the church is powered, inspired, and was founded by that child born in the manger. And let Christmas be a time of hope for our church and its future, even if there are those on the internet who are bound and determined in the name of their own self-righteousness to get us to think otherwise. But that's all I'll say about that. Until then, have a good, happy, holy, merry Christmas. And with any luck, I will talk to you again soon.